This is a very special edition that goes out to Brian from Jason. Uh, I guess you guys have a podcast called 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking. Uh, I hope that's a joke of a title and that the podcast actually is 48 Minutes of Movie Information for Buffs because people are going to enjoy that a lot more than dogs barking. And of course, movie information is in scarce supply, especially accurate information uh, and expert information like we provide here on our cinema. Uh, we have a custom recommendation for, for you guys, uh, for you to enjoy during the uh, holiday season coming up. It's uh, actually from 1933, and it's called Footlight Parade, starring James Cagney, the original gangster, and Joan Blondell. Uh, this movie has some elements of music, drama, comedy, and uh, even a little bit of action. Not really, though. Uh, it's 104 minutes, which is a very good running time for 1934, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. I'd recommend you watch it on Christmas Day, uh, maybe with Footloose as a double feature, so two foot-related movies, uh, and uh, pop up some popcorn, because this is not the type of movie you want to watch without a bucket of popcorn in your lap. Congratulations, guys. 48 minutes of dog barking, 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 48 minutes of dog barking. I've seen this on the small screen here, and I'm like, uh, is, that is, can't this a, be. is this a video of someone who's sick? And I'm like, no, it's a Turkington. <laughs> TV's the old hamburger, everyone. TV's Greg Turkington. That was as much a gift for me as it was for you. Oh, no, that, no, that's, it, that's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Just at the end, you can see him trying not to lose his shit. One of the things that's really great about Greg is that they have a just an amazing way of filling space. Yeah, like it's it's such. They can a, just ramble. It's such a skill. And you got to wonder how much you shut your brain off for that. Like you, it, <laughs> like it's like you turn everything off except for the bathroom light and you close the door. Yeah, you're autopiloting on this like uh, movie expertise. It's, 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 but just Andy Kaufman. Yeah, Andy Kaufman. It's just, it's very surreal. I always think about the Trent Reznor uh, tweet when he was talking about the Chris Cornell solo record, which was, uh, <laughs> you ever felt embarrassed for someone else? Someone else. Yes. <laughs> uh, maybe yes. one of the greatest tweets of the early days Entirely of Twitter. Possible, but, um, yeah. But uh, Neil Hamburger is amazing. I, I've uh, he was here not too long ago, and I kind of red flag, and I kind of I'm a little bummed I missed it. But Greg Turkington, he's he's really great in the comedy, and oh god, yeah. And uh, wow. what's the what's the the Neil Hamburger movie? The Entertainer. The Entertainer yeah. is another fantastic kind of hard to watch movie, but. I feel like these movies drag you through the gravel parking lot on your dick <laughs> to show you. I would say in each movie has about 10 or 15 minutes of just pure, just like insightful cutting to the soul of the, the human experience or, or where these characters are, their patheticness or like their, their untapped potential, their sorrow um, in a way that like uh, that's masterful. But man, you really gotta drag your dick through the gravel parking lot. You really do. <laughs> and and I think that's I think it's one of those you know, I was like talking with my girlfriend yesterday, I forget specifically about what, but like part of what made that so great was the suffering because if you just got what you wanted, it just was I think oh jeez. 
she's she's gonna she's gonna laugh about this but it was um the hickory farms like gift packs <laughs> we had like go to uh west west county mall because that's the only place we knew off the top of our head because we had been there for trying to find the guitar world magazine seeing if i had my photo oh it. yeah yeah um and apparently guitar center doesn't carry guitar world magazine anymore, which, is which is bizarre absolutely yeah, fucking seems insane weird. but so we had to go there, you know, two weeks to before Christmas mm. or a week before Christmas. Oh, boy. Yeah. And boy, that was exhausting. But we got her the, the Hickory Farms package that she wanted. There's shelf-stable cheese. Hell yeah. We're at the grocery store yesterday grabbing something. And she's like, oh, there's there's the Hickory Farm shit here. God damn God it. God damn we, it. Yeah. But I was like, yeah. <laughs> Part of what made that so great was that we had to go through mall hell. Yeah. To get your Hickory Farms. And that just makes it taste so much better. And yeah. the shelf stable cheese so much more <laughs> shelf stable. Um, Without suffering, there is no enlightenment. If life is short, life is shit, then you die, it's over. <laughs> the quote uh Brain Candy, the the amazing film. Yeah. Oh man. Boy, we're just going on one today. That's so, all right. It's, it's a 40 minutes dog sparking, by the way, if you didn't uh, catch that from the Greg Turkington intro. Uh <laughs> welcome to the show. My name's Jason. This is Brian. Hold uh on. I said hi. Oh, I, 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 I thought you said hold up and it hold fucked. Up. The, I mean, yeah. Hold okay. Up. Hold up for what? <laughs> I <laughs> went on high. Turn down for what? <laughs> yeah. I went on high alert. Okay. Now what? What? I got brain worms. Uh, <laughs> well, geez, you're not the only one. You commented, uh, Jason, when I came in this evening uh, that I got some, I got yes. some new drip. Yes. I, I saw the hat at very the least. Hat? What, what's the hat I'm wearing? A class war veteran. <laughs> <laughs> Was, gotta uh, love it. Gotta birth, love birth, it. Birth, or not birthday, but a Christmas gift from Excellent. my lovely girlfriend. Yeah. And uh, I, she is, had kind of spoiled it to me because the person who had the Etsy shop like closed up. And she's like, oh, I don't know if we're going to get it. Oh. I got my money refunded. And then it showed up like the other day. Oh, snap. Nice. And so I'm like, I got, I, I got a free hat for, <laughs> for everyone except for the person who made it. Um, the hat was not free. Yeah, um, I was going to say, this, yeah. This little hydro flask and a beautiful... Oh, that's uh, new, sage, isn't it? Yeah. Sage green, but they call it agave, I, which I apparently sage green is becoming my new color because that's the color of the Dutch oven that I bought and oh. some other things in my kitchen. But A cruset? Did you go Did you go cruset for the Dutch oven? Cru- yeah, cruisinart. Hell yeah. Cruisinart or whatever the fucking... No, that's Cuisinart. Cuisinart. I don't fucking La cruset is the super fancy. Oh, no, I went with Lodge. Oh, I got my mom a cruset, yeah. um, and she loves it. But the Lodge is like... It was like seventy bucks. I'm like, yeah. that seems about why. That's about right. My crusade is like, fuck. If I put anything too weird in this, it's gonna, I'm gonna regret it. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, don't buy me anything fancy. I, I've told my wife, like, yeah, I could use some new pots and pans, but don't fucking buy me, you know, hex clad. Or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, don't, don't buy hex me clad stuff. Dude, you can do whatever on a fucking. I have a hex clad uh, yeah? spatula, okay, or skillet, I should say, and you can just fucking do whatever. The, the one thing is, it will. Stuff will adhere if you burn it accidentally. Like I've sure. actually burned eggs a little. I got fucking distracted. I'm like, ah, fuck. Um, <laughs> but you just gotta get the steel wool out there and okay. hot soapy water, and you're fine. That's and not it too might bad. take a couple tries, but like it's not gonna hurt the food or anything. It's just okay. it's like more of an aesthetic thing. Because I've got some pans <laughs> where the nonstick is pretty much gone. Yeah, oh, it's not geez. great. Yeah, oh, it's, man. it's probably wound up in food that I've eaten. So yeah, uh, not, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, when you have you know bile duct cancer in twenty <laughs> years. And the doctor and the doctor <laughs> next the doctor week, gets whenever. out like a yeah. hunting pistol that just has a single round and says this is this is the best treatment. And you say, Why why are you holding my hands down? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the rabbits, George. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> and then uh, the last thing here. Yeah. Uh, these very nice Ooh. boots here. 
some very nice Birkenstock boots that uh, my girlfriend's mother, Kim. Now, it is the Birkenstock version of what I think of as a Doc Martin because it's got the yeah. rubber sole. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, It's got the cork sole. Man, these oh, are it's comfortable. Cork. Oh, great. Yeah, they're beautiful. Um, yeah. gonna, I feel like uh, I'm really in my Bella Lugosi's Dead phase. Hell yeah. About to um, drive all night to a Waffle House <laughs> and smoke cigarettes. <laughs> cloves. Cloves. Cloves, yeah. Uh, smoke some cloves and, and read uh, Lovecraft. Yes. Uh, I'm really feeling myself in these. The, the vibes are immaculate. I will Thank give you, you that. Thank yeah. you. And so now we get to the gift oh, exchange, yeah. which feels like an MST3K. I know. It's an invention exchange. <laughs> it kind of is. All right. So it's a fucking machine that has a hatchet on it. <laughs> all right. Well, all so right. I employ a technique I call lo-fi gift giving. I like which, it. Which is uh, I just don't I just throw some shit in the box and I'll write like it's, gay baby on it. And like, that's your that's your gift. <laughs> you know what? I love it. All right. Ooh, Belinda's let's see. Box, box in a box. Love that. Melinda's Craft Pepper Sauces and Condiments, the tagline, Set Your Mouth on Flavor. Yeah. <laughs> Set Your Mouth on Flavor. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not the most encouraging <laughs> tagline. Uh, today has made a promise to tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Set Your Mouth to Stun. Like well, I've, I've messed here. around with a couple of their hot sauces before, and I've, I've found yeah. that they're, they're pretty good. Well, the, I remember uh, last year you got the uh, Queen Majesty a, stuff. I mean, the Queen Majesty yeah. stuff is fantastic, but like if you go buy a bottle of that, it's like fifteen bucks. Right? Yeah. Those... And I, I almost feel bad to use it, but this stuff's a little bit more economical. It's, it's fucking delicious. So quadruple X reserve habanero. You know me. I love the habanero. Gotta have it. You got a garlic one. Obviously, loving that. Probably gonna put that on a pizza tomorrow. Extra habanero, extra hot. Oh yeah, and. Mango. The mango right. is deceptively delicious. And a ghost. Everybody's got to have the the boot. The boot. Jol, jolokia. I always fuck that up. Boot, I remember. But, but yes, of, uh, yes, you know, if uh, you ruin a pair of boxers, this is why. <laughs> it's all it's all your fault. Ah, jeez. Ah, jeez. Okay, so I've got my right. Spider-Man. A tube. He's got a tube wrapped I've in all the wrapped, spider uh, Folks, you want, hey, dude, you want to check out my tube? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, yes, I, I, I used to know this guy named Casey, and you would call him up, and you'd be like, hey, man, uh, we're yeah. going to this party over in Florissant. You uh, you want to go? I don't know, man. I got this new, uh, I got this new shampoo. I want to check out. <laughs> He's uh, opening up the tube for me, ladies and gentlemen. This is a this is a podcast first. <laughs> a, a variety of Akewood stickers, starting with uh, Roast Beef Uncle's Restaurant. Being in trouble is a fake idea. Yes. Fuck yeah. Oh wait, one of my favorites is you just tip those out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the dude has got the no dude mercy. has got no mercy. I'm the guy who sucks. Plus, I got depression. These are all perfect like for your car. Go on my fucking. I was gonna ball. say, I'm the guy who sucks. Plus, I got depression. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I knew it. I knew this. Sucking the- dick bought this van. Yes, that's the whole reason I got. It was a pack of stickers. Yeah. And the second I saw that sucking dick bought this van was in there, I was like, "Yep, that's it. That's it." <laughs> I don't care what the other ones say. You guys, do you think Todd can read? <laughs> it's still. Still, uh, Stone Lightning, you got the classic yes. uh, beef on the rocket ship. Yep. Classic yep. drawing. Man, awesome. Yeah. I imagine there's more in here. There is one like more thing more in, in there. there, yeah. Now, this, I wasn't sure which one of these to get, so I kind of went with my gut here. Oh, This shit. is a, what is that, Brian? The Great Outdoor Fight. Yes. If you're an Akewood reader, if you haven't read Akewood, The Great Outdoor Fight is a great place to start. 
this here is a poster <laughs> for one of the older great outdoor fights. The great outdoor fight, the ultimate test of man, mm-hmm. featuring locked in winner Dwayne Alpatier versus the long shot from Lompoc, boy <laughs> holding fig. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. With a midnight holler by Colin Wakestay and the Fever Factory. Yep. Last Supper, Wheeler's Patch and Harness, 211 Old Derby, Calente, California, February 13th. Uh, this is amazing. Yeah. This yeah. is Monday, February 14th, 1983. 1983. God, the. the, the, the Chris Onset just has a great way of giving people fantastic names that you yeah. never leave <laughs> yeah. out of your. Boy with a boy with fig yeah you'll never because that's what? also because the, the the original run this also gives you the latino health crisis <laughs> as, as one of the participants amazing i'm gonna get this framed i was gonna say that was the only thing missing and i'm like you know what i'll leave that up to him i'll leave that up to him to frame it thank you merry christmas bro merry christmas man so as we are doing a christmas themed episode we went to a mall Santa, and we asked him if he had any H. <laughs> and he said uh, 30 Oh, per- oh, oh, meet me in the bathroom. <laughs> right. Said- I'll bend the spoon if you've got the light there, Rudolph. 30 for 15, and I said, fuck you, old man. Uh, anyway. Old man. Uh, My cousin said you were cool. Right. Are you going to stiff me on this? Well, as it is a very special Christmas episode, uh, I figured that... Uh, we're going to do a couple of end-of-the-year specials, but we're going to kick off this particular episode with the worst tweets of the year. Jeremiah Johnston, the uh, Twitter user here, <laughs> giving us two options for the worst tweet of the year. Number one, gentleman who goes by the name Blood Mustard. I've always felt it weird that as an audience we're exposed to intimate moments the characters haven't consented to sharing, making the viewer an accidental voyeur at best, leaving us guilty of... Some form of sexual crime, I'm not sure which exactly, at worst. Now, he's referring to sex scenes in movies, which has been, again... The most, one of the most tiresome discourses of the awful. last... awful. I hate it. 18 or so months. The response were someone named Rick, and then in parentheses, allegedly, My friend, you should not read books either. You're experiencing the whole life of characters who didn't consent. Blood Mustard responding, I don't. <laughs> I hate a lot of things about this. One of the things that really pisses me off is that Mr. Blood Mustard here, <laughs> uh, Castilian NES. Yeah. Um, their avatar is the cover of one of the most underrated Sega Genesis games, and maybe one of the weirdest games Electronic Arts ever published that wasn't like Mutant League football or something. Okay. Uh, Polterguy. I don't even remember that. Oh, I was a, I guess I wasn't a Genesis guy. So yeah, Polter so guy. My, my, All right. One of the many cruel things that happened in my childhood is that my mom <laughs> made sure that throughout grade school I had a subscription to Nintendo Power, but I did not have a Super Nintendo. Ooh. I had Genesis. Ooh. Because you Very, get to see all those cool comics and then not be able to play the game yeah, they're based on. All, oh, all the Nestor stuff. But yeah. like, well, that's rough. The Sega Genesis had weird games that didn't necessarily would not necessarily flown booger man the pick and flick adventure booger man was on super nintendo it did eventually get ported over yeah but it's just like man a classic niche game that's really weird and vulgar and violent in a way that a lot of console games in the 90s weren't and right. you use this my son to make shit tweets yeah feels wrong doesn't it It feels very wrong it's like paying a cat the wrong way but with my <laughs> eyes <laughs> Well, the other option for worst tweet of the year, 
Aaron Gross. Did the Nazis do anything to their victims that was as horrific as to what was done on October 7th? That's an honest question. I don't know Holocaust history. <laughs> October 7th seems more <laughs> savage and sadistic than the Nazis. More like ISIS or the Comanches. Uh, so, Ooh, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's a bad That's one. That's rough. My head hurts. Yeah. I'm dizzy. Got sm- Do you have smelling salts? I, uh, I'm i smelling uh, burnt toast. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, stick my head in the oven and push me in. Just, just no note. Just um, Yeah, that's like they're both bad, but I think this one <laughs> I think this one is I gotta give it to the to the did the Nazis ever do anything bad guy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't so know. I I spent most of social studies class um writing names like gay dude. And the person who checked, who who had this book page, uh huh. You remember that? Yeah, like, yeah, oh like, yeah, yeah. Oh, this, so this used to belong to so and so. Yeah, yeah. This is who who had it in ninety four. This is who had it in ninety five. But in ninety seven, uh, <laughs> Pussy Fart Mick Dude Ranch. Oh, great! I love, it. I love his um, work. Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever read Pussy Fart Mick Dude Ranch? Pussy Fart McDude Ranch. Yeah, he was one of my favorite guys at McSweeney's. Dig dig on McSweeney's out of nowhere. I don't know, but uh, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> so I, I would say this is pretty rough because I feel like uh, the Nazis did pretty terrible, pretty yeah, terrible things consistently. I think pretty much everything, like from pretty much like from when when Hitler took power from the other guy of uh, the Nazi party. Yeah. Like all pretty much, I mean, it was pretty bad beforehand, but it didn't get like teeth as it were like, <laughs> before. It was just a bunch of fucking white supremacists, like street fighting and getting drunk and having weird feelings about blood purity. Yeah. But really, it really wasn't until Adolf got involved. that things started really swinging. It feels like, so I feel like, I feel like the whole, the whole, third reich thing it, it was all pretty bad i don't think there was like a good part like the no. autobahn like i should there's a pretty bad part of the autobahn <laughs> i just don't know about you don't know autobahn history much like this guy says he doesn't know <laughs> holocaust history actually you know, it was the holocaust what is there to know what the fuck I don't know, I I don't know Holocaust history. Was... Well, you don't have to know every single thing that happened to know that it was bad, you asshole. I feel like um, this had to have been engagement farming. Has to have been. Has to have been. There is no way there's a person on this fucking earth that is that ignorant. Or conversely, he's denying that the Holocaust was even a thing. So there's that. Extremely stupid or willfully uh, saying, uh, yeah, Holocaust didn't happen. Hmm. Either way, really bad. Really bad. <laughs> really bad. Ugh. So worst tweet of the year, buddy. Which one are you going to go with? I'm going to say did the Nazis. I'm going to go with the did the Nazis. Yeah. yeah. The blood mustard here is, is definitely should log off Tumblr. Yeah. And Twitter doesn't erase uh, the the death of three million people yeah and by overwhelming margins here did the nazis uh, got 56.7 percent of the vote on the survey here which was the worst tweet and and i would agree with that i wonder how blood muster feels about like fish tanks (laughs) i don't know yeah it's just like we're watching them and we're watching them they can't consent to this yeah well cats can't consent to getting neutered either what the fuck are you talking about my head hurts just thinking about that that, well, we that guy. That's not going to make our head hurt. No, this one actually made me laugh very, very hard. It's friend of the program, Danny Wisentowski. Those of you who know 
St. Louis Public Radio may know the voice or the or the face even. And his idea was that the next Grand Theft Auto game should take place in St. Louis. <laughs> well, create a character starts by selecting Missouri or Illinois and Day of Temptad. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such an underrated detail, yeah. And then he, but he continues. It's it's a whole thread. Let me let me pull this there. Side quests include delivering emos, stealing Kias, doing odd jobs for the Arch's weather control room, <laughs> cave exploration, golf cart racing around Soulard, infiltrating the Veiled Prophet, river diving for sunken McDonald's treasures, and cornhole. Uh, further things you could do in his hypothetical GTA St. Louis, run for local office, whether you're alderman or sheriff or recorder of deeds, the shenanigans are endless, reach level 20, to open the city-county merger side quests available through DLC, and then in parentheses, the DLC is never coming out. <laughs> What's the next one? This is main, main quest. Yeah, the bankrupt St. Louis plans a World's Fair as one last mega project to solve every problem at once. Work your way up from toasted rav vendor, assemble a gang, build a trolley, turn churches into skate parks, legally ban cornhole, and run the cardinals into the ground. Uh, he does give credit to Jason Coggins on Facebook. The cursed AI uh, page there uh, had come up with the original GTA East St. Louis. Some of the replies here are just too great. Uh, you know, looks too intact for the East Side. If GTA ever comes to the Midwest, it's going to be Chicago. But I can definitely see a St. Louis-based city being on the south end of the map, and then Minneapolis to the north, Detroit to the east, all in one big map. Which, yeah, maybe, maybe Milwaukee. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah throw Milwaukee. I, I I don't hate it. And then of course we all know who the boss is going to be, and it's the it's the McCullis. <laughs> <laughs> the lawyers who sit outside their house with the yeah very underrated and he's a, a funny guy a pro um, follow a pro follow on twitter pro and whatever follow, else, pro follow else. for friendship i i feel like you also i you pick your temp tag and where you went to high school yeah that isn't that that's one that i think he skimped on yeah, where you went if, to high school uh, definitely if changes. you if you went to cbc or ladue you start at level five <laughs> yeah yeah, there's just like we could just riff like really mean jokes. No, I I I was trying not to take the bait because I went to CBC and like it was yeah. it was a whole thing, um, because I was like one of three guys from North County to go there. Oh, um, <laughs> some of the biggest chip on shoulder guys I met as a teenager were oh, yeah. like the one like North County guy that went to yeah, like a fancy, or, yeah, or yeah. any of the really expensive like you know uh, day school. Yeah, because you got a lot to prove. Yeah, because you're like going with like, yeah, your yeah, your dad's a judge. Yeah. yeah, my dad steals mufflers. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like my mom's a travel agent. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, my grandfather was the guy that invented sitting around. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hot out. What if I just did nothing? <laughs> what, if I, what if I had myself gosh, an ice cold sarsaparilla? Exactly. Or, or switchel? Uh huh. Switchel. I still can't get over the fact that I didn't know what that was until you explained it to me. What yeah, Switchel it's like was. it's like what if what if lemonade was Mormon? <laughs> <laughs> like what if lemonade tasted like a jean skirt? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I already don't like lemonade, so like, yeah, what if lemonade but worse doesn't really yeah. sell it to me? It's a hard day out there. I need a little bit of Switchel. The way that came up is is when we had um, is when we had Stryker Spurlock in the started studio. making demands. Like well, I need this. I, I I was saying I'm going to the store. Do you guys need anything? And and he goes, Oh yeah, I'm gonna need a a, a couple of Starbucks drinks. 
And I was like, okay, cool. Which one do you want? And he was like, no, no, I'm just kidding. Because uh, he immediately went, ah. Um, <laughs> and then he said, well, you know, a cherry Coke. And then Brian responds, yeah, give me a Switchel. And I'm like, where do they sell that? What is that? <laughs> I had no idea. This was completely new to me. So You can get it at the, the fancy grocery store. You can? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's like, it like looks like shit. It literally looks like, it looks like wire. It's funny that you can go to like a grocery store in like Ledoux or Frontenac. Right. And you can spend three or four bucks to get a bottle of something that looks like wire from Coldwater Creek. Ooh. Yeah. It's got a real coppery color to it. See, that's and oddly translucent in a way that does not bode well for one's faith in, in the man in mankind. Ooh, that just makes me think of kombucha. That's what that's all well, kombucha looks kombucha. like to me. But that's what it looks like to me when I see it. I'm like, this is just dirty water. When I see kombucha, I'm just like, oh man, that, that tastes like vinegar and fruit. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been impressed by it, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, I just <clears throat> I'm, I'm just a yeah i'm just a simple country boy with the... well i'm just a simple country boy <laughs> Give, i only drink dr pepper and cream vest yeah if i had my druthers i'm sure <laughs> i sure would <laughs> man drink cream we, we want to know how pineapple stupid... peach the orange the vest root beer i mean they, they make know a how good stupid ones. i am jason i don't but i'll humor you go on <laughs> it wasn't until like a year or two ago that i realized that cream soda was just like oh it's just like a it's just like a cola with vanilla yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it sounds like something else. It sounds like it should be some other flavor, but no, it's just, it's, it's literally just a vanilla cola. Yeah. It's a vanilla Coke. And that's, I think my wife discovered that around the same time. So I was like, oh, yeah, there's this um, Coke Zero vanilla. And she goes, well, this is a cream soda. I said, yeah, that's what, you know, like that's, yeah. that's what that is. I just never liked cream soda as a kid. And I like randomly. I think just had like a vest cream. So like it was like a work function or something. There was like one left over. I'm like, fuck it. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. And you saw the light. And I was like, oh, wait, this is just like a vanilla cola. Yeah. And I said to a coworker and they looked at me and they were like, I thought you were like the smart guy. here. Oh, like, <laughs> wow. They really called you out, boy. I'll tell you. Anyways, <clears throat> we got ourselves smart here. Guys. <laughs> we got ourselves here. Uh, Gary from Venture Brothers shutting down. <laughs> Uh, some yeah. annoying <laughs> religious guy. I've kind of sourced some stuff from here before, but a, a pro click on the subreddits there is going to be r slash cringe TikToks. Because every once in a while, you'll get something that's not actually cringe, but is actually pretty cool. Uh, in this one, a guy whose t-shirt says, my pronouns are fine slash Jesus, which, fuck you, <laughs> is is doing one of those man-on-the-street bits, right? And he thinks he's got a real gotcha. He thinks he's got them. And he says, LGBTQ rights or financial stability? Well, this gentleman, here stood as he is, uh, long hair, Bluetooth in his ear, a little bit overweight, leather jacket, the archetype of a forums moderator oh yeah this this is this guy permabanned me from something awful many times this is this is abraham his response is simply no here's the clip lgbtq rights or economic stability why can't you have both you need to pick one i refuse the question you can't refuse the question i do but you can't but i did but you need to pick one no i don't I just said you did. <laughs> so what? Well, thankfully, it ends with them shaking hands and walking away. But yeah, boy. This guy fucking rules. Yeah. What a fucking short king. Yeah. I love him. Uh, I mean, he's even wearing the fucking, I don't even know if they're Birkenstocks. They're, they got to be Burks. I was going to say. Burks related with they, jeans. A classic college oh, campus yeah, look. Absolutely. I just like, he's like, no, I don't. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't no, I have to do that. Like, yeah. Your, your question's bad. I, I reject your question, he says at some point. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fucking good. good for him. Fucking A, man. Yeah. This this guy rules. I think this was one of those, like, haha, I gotcha. Some weirdo college liberals gonna completely backfired on this guy. Too bad. Uh, there's some, you know, ponytail guy is a serious Chad here. Keep whipping that zipper, King. Because he, cause <laughs> yeah, he, he is. Yeah, he has like a little nervous fidget. But... Yeah. Wow. Shaking my damn head. Little does this guy know that the Dow Industrial Average volatility is directly driven by the amount of gay sex that people are having. <laughs> so Reddit had a field day and Twitter did too. Christy Yamaguchi, Maine, the Waffle House. Boy, we have talked about them quite a bit, haven't we? Yeah. But uh, they're saying, been in touch with someone who knows and works with the debate god, which apparently is his is new name, and wanted to see if he had any interest in talking on their podcast about the video, and sadly, he does not. So the, the quote here from a text, he doesn't want to do, sorry, he actually doesn't want to know anything about his internet fame. He's very social. Anti-social media. He's very anti-social media, but he knows the video was posted in the first place and that he came out looking good respect on his fucking name which i don't even know <laughs> i don't even know his name the waffle house's previous posts of course thought he had an early target didn't realize dude rocking the sandals jeans ponytail solo bluetooth was born into the shitty internet debate molded by it when mr tiktok was out partying he was studying usenet archives and paying for something awful amazing yeah. this is a forums mod god from back in oh, the day oh absolutely this is this is someone that like volunteer it was a volunteer mod on GameFAQs or oh yeah or uh, Neo Gaff here uh, garbage ape the guy truly has it figured out and then uh, someone's trying to pin him down apparently they're um, maybe located in the Atlanta area so we, we um, Matthew Rideout saying this guy continues to impress as a modern hero uh, Whack Nicholson my new white whale same here. Yeah, kind of want to Law find Dog this Esquire. Well, <laughs> oh yes. What about the interviewer would love to really interrogate what this is about? I mean, I feel like it's the same culture war shit though. Like, yeah, it that's pretty transparent. Oh, which would you rather have? Uh, LGBTQ rights or economic stability? It's a stupid gotcha question. Yeah, it's really dumb because yeah, why why can't we have both? It would be really awesome if we had like why why can't I have overtime in my bonus? Yeah. <laughs> Help me out here, dog. Yeah, like there's no <laughs> there's no me. there's no reason, you know, there's no reason you can't do both. Here's reset era talking about it. A man that probably had to defend the launch lineup of the PS3. Absolutely. He has seen it all. <laughs> there's a non-zero chance I've read that guy's something awful posts. Yeah, and so they're saying, yeah, yeah, he may he might be a reset era poster. There's just a very strong forums moderator vibe just real the posting power is strong oh my god yeah he's never ironed a shirt oh no he's probably never even like walked a printer to a woman's house <laughs> oh <laughs> so speaking of the borky when that happened i used to idle in the uh, something awful goon aim chat room oh boy there was the, yeah. the regular normal people and then there was Fuck, man, I can't remember what the FIAB one was called. It was like called like Bonerville or, <laughs> or Boner School or something weird. Sounds right. Sounds, sounds... sounds right. But the, the main one, there was actually a guy who I guess was a theater kid and did like a, a teleplay of like Borky, like getting not getting the uh, the girlfriend points or whatever from fixing oh. the 
walking the printer to her house. I've got it on old hard drive. I've got backed up a couple different places. Maybe if I am bored over the holiday break, I will will try and find it. The Borky is probably one of the most infamous early something awful stories. Yes. And I will not spoil it here. (laughs) It involves taking a printer to a girl's house. Walking it there several miles in the heat. And he is not a healthy, you know, he's not a healthy weight kind of guy. Uh, so yeah, yeah. A big guy. But yeah, he he definitely looks like the the guy that would he would he would uh, walk a printer to someone's house. Uh, Eve Fartlow, back again, baby. She can not stop fucking posting. This one here. Can I read this? One? Oh yeah, please. White girls do know that when the caliphate arrives, it won't matter. They wrote "Free Free Palestine" on a piece of cardboard, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, boy, if the Jews are tired, what about the Gentiles? Exactly. Because well, uh, someone think of the Gentiles. Because I am not a part of the tribe. No, neither am I. But I'm like, if this is how I feel, right? How how are my Jewish friends feeling? I was gonna say, yeah, because I'm exhausted by knowing that this person exists. Right. I would not want anything to do with this woman. I mean, there. Look, we forgot that this is not the only bad tweet that she's had this week. She no. also had. Oh. Uh, this no longer uh, no longer Generation Z. They're Generation H. Generation Hamas. Oh, come the fuck on! Every time I hear that name, every time I see one of her posts, it's just like daggers in my brain. Color me. Maybe I'm a little ignorant on this, but I've never really seen or read anything that implies that Hamas is like radicalized in the same way no. necessarily. No. It seems like they're really, really concerned about uh, not being under apartheid. Generally, that's kind of the it accepted. Seems, that seems yeah. to be their main thing. Yeah. You it's... know, I have, I have not read everything in their newsletter. I kind of just, <laughs> I kind of just skim the headlines sometimes right, and right. the and the bullet points about what's hot or not. I clip and, the coupons for the you know for, uh, for, for the, the hummus sandwiches. Hummus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the hummus and the uh, olive oil. <laughs> yeah. It just, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> right. Shut the fuck. That's unfortunate because, like, every time I bring her up, my immediate reaction is, shut the fuck up! Shut, shut up! The fuck up! <laughs> go, go do a puzzle. Fucking do anything but post. Yeah. You don't have to post! And I would tell her go outside, but she might see another free parking <laughs> sign and have a brain aneurysm. Oh, just stay in your home. It's fine. You don't have to post. You don't have to post. And it's this virulent strain of, like, American Zionism. It's like being a turf. It just poisons your brain. Yeah. It does something to you to where all you can think about every waking moment is how to be an asshole on the internet. Yeah. And it just twists your entire personality. J.K. Rowling went from beloved children's author to there's an entire day dedicated. It just says, fuck J.K. Rowling day. And it's all because she also cannot stop fucking posting. Cannot stop having this bigotry and weird hatred in their heart. It's poison. There's some guys in Hamas that may not like what we do in the Western world. Is that justify 20,000 dead people? Does that justify 10,000 dead children and uh, obstruction of half of, of Gaza? And, you know, does, does all of right. this that they might not be cool dudes? Yeah. Does that remove I I, their the, like sense of humanity and agency and no. autonomy? No, the math doesn't been, work. That has been taken away from them and their people for yeah. I don't know, almost a better part of a century. Yeah, systematically over the yeah. It's, it's just yeah. It, the math doesn't add up. It math doesn't. doesn't add up. 
just it, the numbers are are all fucked. But it just once again, Eve Fartlow, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. There's no person online, with the exception of Elon Musk, that makes me as mad as she does. Like you and I were both saying, we don't have a dog in this race, other than can you not? Can you not? <laughs> can you fucking well, I, I just think, not? I think well, we both lived through the Afghanistan yeah. and the Iraq war. So we kind of know the playbook. We know like the the untold horrors that are being done directly or indirectly, like in our name. Right. And uh, you know, we've the United States has given what is Israel like what uh, over like a hundred and fifty billion dollars. <sighs> I think of, we lost count at this point, yeah. Of American taxpayers' money. So it hits hard when you just know that, like, oh, like I'm just like a a dude that makes a weird podcast, right? Has like likes music and yeah. photography, and yet somehow my existence and my contribution to like taxes is <laughs> is is spread out like an octopus to suffering in so many different distant places in the globe, and like all I'm doing is getting a paycheck that disappears in a couple of days. Yeah, I think people missed some of this stuff when the good place was out. Cause there's a whole subplot in that show about how like everything you do contributes to suffering, whether you intend it to or not. Yeah. And that was kind of like, even though it was in a comedy show about the afterlife, it still was like, I Oh think, fuck. Okay. I think the, I've met some people that were like, you liked the good place. Like, yeah, I know I'm like one of the most cynical people you may know, but like, <laughs> like I think the good place made a lot of, good arguments i think brought a lot of ideas that would not have otherwise been on a major network tv show i was gonna say for a show that starred ted danson yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't think of be yeah, as, and he, as a he's fantastic you totally yeah. forget he does blackface <laughs> in front of whoopi goldberg no less uh <laughs> wasn't that at a roast wasn't that it was a, a friars club roast yeah. of whoopi right or, was this cause, or she was just there i, I just know. saw maybe the picture he just of the saw, like yeah, well, I'm going to do blackface. Maybe it was just like, you know, it's my turn. <sighs> so we got this little 16 second video here of a bunch yeah. of guys kicking a cyber truck like they're Beavis. Yeah, I mean, like pink polos and khaki shorts, white tennis shoes. They're all just like running up and like eh, kicking. The... <laughs> I mean, I, to be honest, I would also be doing this, but for different reasons. Right. Yeah. They're trying to be like, check out how cyber truck is so cool. Yeah, look at it like it's not denting, but partially this also means that if it's in a car accident, it just turns into like a, a giant lead slug. Dr. Tom here responding to this says a lot that the Cybertruck target demographics primary concerns regarding safety are, quote, hooligans attacking my car in the street and automatic weapon assassination attempts as opposed to will I instantly turn into pudding in a high-speed crash? Or can I open my door? The tweet below here is pretty good as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Connecting to my Google Glass to my Cybertruck and my input suddenly turns into Terminator vision as the onboard computer conducts threat analysis of various pedestrians slash seeks new targets. <laughs> He continues, a commando cap wearing SAS team armed with stens paraglide down to my car, which is impervious to aerial bombing, and break open its doors with thermite and then steal my onboard computer and leave garbage everywhere to prevent it from being used to halt the Normandy invasions. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's uh, Dr. Tom there, a new Soviet poster. Yes. And then the last thing I have for the, uh, the kind of the internet roundup this week on Blue Sky. The information pimp reposting this tweet from 
Bo Duke of Dukes of Hazard. Yes, John Schneider, ladies and gentlemen. John Schneider posting in response to a Joe Biden tweet, Mr. President, I believe you are guilty of treason and should be publicly hung. Your son, too. Your response is? Ellipses, question mark. Sincerely, John Schneider. First of all, don't sign your posts. For, yeah, <laughs> but here, here's my question because I'm, I'm getting some vibes off of this. Yeah. So who does he believe to be president? Because I want, like, if, if, oh. if he's saying this is Joe Biden's president, so he's already he's already lost the script. He's already lost the yeah, war. Yeah, yeah. But because I feel like if, if, if I'm going by his mindset, probably Mr. President to him, he still thinks probably Donald Trump's the president. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I could wholeheartedly agree, mm-hmm. perhaps. Um, in Minecraft, <laughs> that, uh, but yeah, the, the the Secret Service apparently are going to be looking into uh, <laughs> John Schneider. He uh, of course deleted it. He did a little dirty delete there, and uh, yeah, he made no secret of his belief. This, according to Deadline, a Donald Trump critiquing POTUS should be dead. Joe Biden's original tweet that he's responding to is Trump poses many threats to our country, the right to choose civil rights, voting rights in America, standing in the world. But the greatest threat he poses is to our democracy. If we lose that, we lose everything. And then Schneider responded. Seriously, folks, said Schneider to Deadline Today in the second of two statements. This is my final comment on this. I neither said nor implied any such thing. Despite headlines claiming otherwise, I absolutely did not call for an act of violence or threaten a U.S. president, as many other celebrities have done in the past. I suggest you reread my actual post and pay attention to the words before believing this nonsense. Okay, <clears throat> I'll read it again. Mr. President, I believe you are guilty of treason and should be publicly hung. Your son, too. Your response is, ellipses, question mark, sincerely, John Schneider. I don't know. Pretty fucking cut and dry there, Bo Duke. Yeah, you know what, though? Um... I mean, I've seen Hunter's penis. I don't think he <laughs> should be hung. He is hung. Hey! <laughs> My dude's hogged out. Woo! And yeah. apparently his uncle is too. Oh, is that right? So, uh, you know, it, it, it stands to reason that uh, Genocide Joe has got himself a pretty, pretty big hog right there too. Mm-hmm. Really grisly Irish hog. Oh, boy. Uh, Bo Duke threatening the president. Um, them Duke boys got themselves into a mess of trouble. How are they going to get out of this one? Because the county impounded their uh, yeah. Confederate flag car. Cause that's yeah. <laughs> can't, can't buy it on eBay anymore. <laughs> I went to th- this this little uh, Dukes of Hazard museum. Did I ever tell you about this? No. It's called Cooter's Garage. <laughs> it's in a strip mall in in uh, Louisville. Yeah, we went there. It's it's it is wall to wall Confederate flags and. Fucking Dukes of Hazard merchandise, and it's got the actor who played Cooter. His face is all up on the 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 na- the, the big uh, sign on the on the building, and yeah, they got the, they got at least four or five of of either reproductions or of the original cars used in the show. It's a fascinating cultural touchstone to go to. It's called Cooter's Garage. Amazing. It was also very strange. Like every other piece of merch that you looked around with is Confederate flag, Confederate flag, Confederate flag. People didn't seem to mind. It was very empty. There was a lot of really unfortunate, really sexually suggestive Daisy Dukes merchandise, which, you know, okay. Sure. That was the time. Yeah. But no, I, I didn't give a shit about John Snyder. Maybe he should be publicly hung for not making good TV. <laughs> oh, come on. It was the 70s. That wasn't his fault. He was just following orders, I guess. <laughs> it's time for the Crypto Scam of the Week, Brian. You're listening to 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking, the podcast. And now it's time for the Crypto Scam of the Week. This piece from the Cointelegraph. 
Anna Paula Pereira. NFT trader hacked millions of dollars in NFT stolen. The subhead, at least 13 Mutant Ape Yacht Club and 37 Bored Ape tokens were stolen, along with V Friends. Is that Gary V's thing? I can't remember. V-Friends. But World of Women, World of I have women. not thought about. <laughs> Isn't that the porn star? Who... That feels right. Now I have to look this up. World of Women. Um, no, it just it looks like um, boring Memphis art style. It wasn't uh, the Lana Rhodes one, mm, the Stuck okay. Sister or whatever, no. Uh, <laughs> but someone but hacked NFT Trader mm-hmm. and stole millions of dollars of quote-unquote high-value NFTs. It was a bad week for security on, on oh my God, crypto yeah. because uh, the ledger code got, oh, shit. got exploited. I had forgotten about that. Yes. Yeah, there was this like, that's not really so much a scam as just like, uh, bad luck for everyone. Like it was, it was a tough real week. bad week, tough yeah. week for people that were not trying to be too much of a shithead with crypto. They took all my goddamn apes. Yeah, yeah, fifty in total of uh, various Yuga Lab stuff. Yeah, thirteen mutant apes, thirty-seven bored apes. The hack was followed. This again uh, from uh, Coin Telegraph was followed by rumors and misinformation on social media platforms. In addition, it's still unclear how many hackers exploited the security flaw. The security flaw was an attack targeted on old smart contracts, urging users to revoke delegations to two particular addresses. Uh, This says here, in a public message, one of the attackers attributed the original exploit to another user. I came here to pick up residual garbage, they wrote, requesting ransom payments to return the NFTs. So not only did you steal it, now you're going to do a ransom for it. (laughs) The attacker then claimed to have limited technical skills and proposed victims to pay a 10% bounty in Ether in exchange. My technical skills are limited, he said. I can't get all the affected NFTs at once, and it's costing me a lot of energy and time. If you want the monkey NFT back, then you need to pay me a bounty, which is what I deserve. In another atypical development, one of the victims said the attacker returned a rare NFT along with 31 ETH, worth nearly 70 grand at the time of writing, Quote, and now the hacker just sent me 31 ETH. What in the world is going on? Is this real life? Uh, that, that is a quote from a user, R. Sanders DFS, on Twitter. Uh, GeoGaza replying, just revoke everything now and wait to see where the dust settles. Which is not a bad idea. Revoke everything now. Kind of feels like Divine's advice at the end of uh, Pink Flamingos. <laughs> revoke everything now! Ah. Uh. It's funny. I, you know, it has to be because otherwise it's sad. I mean, it's sad, but the the NFTs are still. I think I still get Facebook ads, not Facebook ads, but uh, Twitter ads. Twitter ads, me. yes, God, it's just like the dumbest shit. And it's like obviously it's someone just entering the same prompt over and over again, and like an AI image generator, and just like okay, here's ten thousand derivative Pepe's, yeah, mint them for free, and you're like, fuck no. Or an airdrop is coming for Dingle Coin. For, yeah, and and you're just like, I know. No, why are you paying to advertise this if it's such a good idea? Why are you paying Elon to set this ad in front of me? Clearly, this is something else. Yeah, you know, the moment you have to advertise it, everything you say is suspect. Indeed. You know what? Though while I'm really waiting for with these crypto scams. What's up? It really feels like we're going to have a bull market next year, and uh, you got the. 
the Bitcoin and the Ethereum ETFs coming uh, as soon as next month or February, I believe. And uh, I didn't realize it just, it just, uh, you know, the interest rates are are kind of still high. You might have this recession. Something just feels like, you know, Bitcoin's like what, 43K right now? Thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ethereum is like 2200, 2300. 23, I think. It just feels like, oh, man, retail's going to come back. And the fucking, so is the drama. Well, I mean, I'm sure some people just this, you know, just this week, uh, Christmas time, they're gonna have, they're gonna be flush with cash, and they're gonna be looking to blow it somehow. And, oh, and yeah. I'm, I'm willing to bet that they're gonna go on SoFi. Actually, SoFi shut down their crypto. Uh, they're gonna go on some retail investor. You can go on Coinbase. Coinbase Finance. directly. Yeah, that's true. Um, I just really, I, I feel like when we first started doing this podcast was. This moment where like a lot of our crypto scams had like narratives and right because there was a lot more drama and this is just more like yeah someone someone sat there and brute forced their way <laughs> the, the figure out an exploit on on old smart contracts yeah, yeah. and then they stole thirty million dollars worth of X Y and Z right and they gave back twenty five which is I'm not I'm not complaining but like I've just I've noticed this I remember there is a narrative that's kind of changing you're right yeah, yeah. I I've, and I also feel that just as much as NFTs were like the big scam, mm-hmm. big snake oil of the last bull run, I think the next bull run is going to be AI, the big fucking thing yeah. that's going to be um, impeccable damage to the psyche or the internet or to Both. popular culture. Yeah. There's going to yeah. be a terrible Rolling Stones cover. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, the, I can the see AI, it. The AI that lets you, that lets you clone... <laughs> widely read but, yeah that, see you read my mind i was like yeah, <laughs> uh god you ever see that do you ever see the simpsons meme where it's uh about riley reed no i can't say that <laughs> <laughs> oh it just fucking kills me it's nelson saying i made i've made riley reed come five times <laughs> and i think it's uh whoever he's speaking with is like i've made riley reed come three times and bark goes wow you guys sound like you've you get might be getting bored of making Riley Reed come, and Nelson, you know, the response is being like, "No one who's ever made Riley Reed come would ever say that." Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the woman likes to come. What is there? What's wrong with that? It feels like a Connor O'Malley bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, yeah. guys! I've made this new AI. It's Riley Reed. You could ask her about her lunch. <laughs> what she thinks in the sky is God real. John Cena. <laughs> You know what? Yeah, actually, I, I can see it. I can see it in my mind's eye too. He's got I, I guess he kind of did that with Jeremy Bot, but okay, yeah, yeah, that's but true. I don't yeah, know. Like, a lot of the endorphins. Kyle O'Malley is an insane human being. We love him very much. Uh, he just put his uh, short film, The Mask, online for free. By the way, if you haven't seen it yet, I, I got about fifteen minutes into it. <laughs> you were yeah. saying this, yeah? It's just man, this is this is this rough. is cringe. Yeah, it's rough. Like wow, he really went that far. Yeah. All right. You know, we talked about AI Riley Reed, just the last thing. We talked about AI Riley Reed, but then I realized earlier this year we actually did talk about an OnlyFans, uh, Amaranth, did the whole uh, the horny, uh, AI. horny AI. Yeah. I forgot about that. Because that's where we got the phrase maximum erotic blowjob from. Which is like, a blowjob's pretty erotic. I don't know how much more you can really add to that. But. I don't know. Maybe like it's on a really nice carpet. Okay. Like, like a fuzzy sure. carpet you can like dig yeah. your toes into real good. Fist with your toes, like in Die Hard. Okay, I got it. I got it. Fist with your toes. Exactly. All right, so it is uh, the holiday season. We are going to get into the holiday spirit, as it were. 
talking about something that the old internet turned into a whole fucking thing. Uh, <laughs> two guys from Colorado turned a, a joke thing that they did with like no budget and nothing into um, was it now forty seasons of television? Yeah. Folks, are we talking about? We are talking about Trey Parker, Matt Stone, known as the creators of South Park, the fictional town of South Park, Colorado. So it was two, actually, two stop-motion films that they created a couple of years apart, one of which was Jesus versus Frosty, and the other was Jesus versus Santa. And they're referred together in one collection as The Spirit of Christmas. Have you seen these, by the way? Have you ever seen the originals? It's been many years. I, it's... Well, let's go ahead and refresh our memory. Then. Oh, my God! Frosty killed Kitty! Dude, I told you not to put that fucking hat on Frosty's fucking head. Now, didn't I? Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Rocket fucking scientist. What are we supposed to do now? I don't know what we're supposed to... Wait, I bet he can help us. Whew. So in that one, the basic germ of the idea is there for South Park. You have four foul-mouthed kids... Uh, it's it's amazing how much DNA is in that oh, little clip. Four minutes. It's four minutes. Not very and there's long. so many little things. The fucking dumb sound effects. The, yep. Oh, whoa, boys! Tell me all about you know that, vo- like, all that the voice. That voice. Like, yeah. It's it's kind of fucking weird. Yeah, because there's so much there that still to this day persists. The the lesson at the end. Yeah. That kind of subverts what you think it's gonna say. Like the oh yeah, the real the real uh, thing about Christmas is Jesus. No, it's about presents, asshole. Uh, yeah. says, I know where my parents hide him. Uh <laughs> like the you can't say fuck in front of Jesus. Those like yeah, it was all there in the nineties. They they had these ideas and they're they're fleshing them out as best they can and they even used some of the old Rankin Bass music, if you notice. Yeah, so yeah. Really anarchic. And so that was the first one. That's Frosty versus Jesus. They did a follow-up three years later. I don't know what to do, dude. Who should we help? I say we help Santa Claus. Uh, you're just saying that because he brings you candy. Hey, I don't need to take that kind of shit from a Jew. You're such a fat fuck, Cartman, that when you walk down the street, people go, God damn it, that is a big fat fuck. Oh, yeah? Now we've got to think here. Now let's see. What would Brian Boitano do? Yeah, what would Brian Boitano do? Did someone say my name? <laughs> Robert T. Pooner presents. <laughs> yeah, this is where they start a, a crank and blast production. <laughs> Frosty versus Jesus versus Frosty. They uh, had the character in the red coat and the blue hat that was identified in that one as Kenny. Yeah. But in this one, it looks like they have really, really closely formed because the animation's different and you've already got the visual identity. If you look at a screenshot from Jesus versus Santa, it's nearly indistinguishable from South Park today because the, the character designs are nailed down. But that first one... You very rough. Very rough. And here, boy, very it's definitely, filmy. definitely much more smooth line. They even got Cartman's voice down. And Kyle being Jewish also is introduced. <laughs> <laughs> even down to the Brian Boitano thing. Yeah. There, which, again, just so many things. It's all the insults. Oh, yeah. The, the, the tenor of certain things. The tone is all. Even in... Jesus versus Frosty. Maybe not the voices weren't quite there, but they definitely had the spirit of the thing. 
I mean, they had the Brian Boitano do, which they then kept and held on to for the movie they eventually made. And then they right. made that new whole song. Because of that, they just, you know, they, they started it with uh, this, according to Wikipedia, a Fox executive commissioned them to create a similar film as a video Christmas card that you could send to friends. <laughs> so, 95 yeah. is, is, is when they started kind of shopping this around and then eventually became uh, South Park. Fox originally was going to be the, the group they pitched it to, but uh, Fox basically said uh, no. <laughs> and so Comedy Central then helped them develop it into a series and kind of as, as we all know, that kind of went from there. But whew, boy, the film reportedly had a budget of $750. <laughs> so... It did uh, receive, oh God, a Los Angeles Film Critics Association Award for Best Animation in 1996. Oh boy. Here we go. It was also included as a VHS recording in AVI format on the first 100,000 pressings of Tiger Woods 99 for the PlayStation. (laughs) What the fuck? I forgot about that. Oh my god! Yeah, ZZ Dummy Dat. How, what? Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember reading about this in EGM. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I guess it you would have to have the PlayStation CD in your computer to find the Dat right. file. Okay, that's funny though. Oh man, just like why? I don't know. Uh, the game did then get recalled because it was unauthorized. Uh, Electronic Arts pulled that version. Oh, Vengeance Conscience. I mentioned that when the mm-hmm. when the first one started. And that was Parker Stone and two other students at the University of Colorado, named after a D.W. Griffith film of the same title, which both had seen and actively disliked. It was formed to produce The Spirit of Christmas and Cannibal the Musical. Three more projects were produced. uh, The sequel, Spirit of Christmas, Orgasmo, and The Book of Orgasmo. Later on in the second film, Avenging Conscience was renamed to Cranklin Brass Productions, a parody of Rankin Bass, mm-hmm. and finally Braniff Airlines, which was actually a airline. Braniff was yep. a real airline that and did apparently exist. Sucked. And apparently sucked. Yeah, apparently it really did suck. Yeah, they like apparently bought the rights for like something completely ridiculous. Like, Well, it's wild because Braniff Airlines did fly commercially from the, the 30s. That's <laughs> so like yeah. 1928. It says when they started, and uh, apparently they still they're still Braniff is still around as a retailer, hotelier, travel service, and uh, some other brands that they're. Let's see here, and a yeah, branding and licensing company administering the former airline's employee press program and other airline administrative duties. They ceased operations because of high fuel prices, credit card interest rates, and extreme competition for the large trunk of carriers and new airline startups created by the Airline Deregulation Act of 1978. I had heard of Braniff Airlines only briefly as a cautionary tale because, like I think I've mentioned before, my mother is a travel agent. So, you know, she was there for the rise and fall of people like Transworld Airlines and the beginnings of Southwest when they were still just a little carrier. And it's like seeing that Braniff Airlines thing at the end of every South Park episode was also like, I've heard that name before. Yeah, this is um, kind of an example of something that went viral before I was going to say, yeah, before the internet, yeah, went viral in the old school way, as, yes, as uh, Douglas Rushkoff may imply, but also kept having kind of a second or third life as uh, the early days of 
broadband or faster internet. I was thinking about like Mystery Science Theater 3000 and how like those tapes getting passed around. They kept, and at the end of every episode, they'd say, keep circulating the tapes. Well, it was that same kind of thing with, with these little shorts. You know, they'd get passed around. Hey, have you seen this? And someone would send, <laughs> send you a VHS or you'd hear about it on a forum somewhere. Yeah, it was this kind of word of mouth thing. Like, this is really foul mouthed and really interesting. And people would just hear about it in this organic way or organic ish, I guess. But it was a very different internet. If you found that video, it took forever to download it. I remember oh, yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember it taking like a whole entire night on dial up. Like yeah. downloading off an FTP or BitTorrent like or use one like yeah, like yeah, a yeah. like three minute song that was mm-hmm. like maybe one ninety two KBS. If you were lucky. If you yeah. were lucky. Most of it was ninety two or, you know, yeah. in the sixties sometimes. But uh, 64, I think, was the most common one that I got. And it was like, wow, this is like listening to it on the radio at the, in a well, tunnel. Fucking this Pearl Jam song <laughs> sounds like Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah. It's like I'm right there. God, you're like, you're like, is that Pearl Jam or uh, System of a Down? I can't fucking can't tell. tell. <laughs> Entertainment Weekly did an oral history. I love the oral histories because for some reason, I don't know if you've noticed this, we've covered a couple of things where I reach back and I find an oral history. And I always feel like oral histories, especially when it comes to stuff like this, that's very pre-internet or like early internet, there's definitely a, a different sense that you get from the people who created the thing when you read about this stuff. So here's Trey Parker regarding Jesus versus Frosty. Quote, it was just the fact that there were little kid voices and cute animation and they were screaming fuck. People hadn't really seen anything like that before. It was mostly college kids. So we knew our audience. And so they screened Cannibal the Musical in 93 for Fox exec Brian Graydon. Brian was like... Show me everything you've done. And we were like, well, here's this cartoon we made. <laughs> Brian loved it. And it said, can I send this as a Christmas card to everyone? So he sent it to a production house and copied it a hundred times to VHS. We're just like, oh, that's cool. He sent it to his friends. They loved it so much. The next year, Brian asked them to make another one. <laughs> Producer Brian Graydon responding, there's no calculation that millions of people would see this and then we'd get a TV series. I wanted to do something cool for the Christmas card. And those guys are geniuses. We'd first seen their movie about cannibalism, the Alfred Packer movie. The way they used pauses and the rhythms of comedy were so observational and genius. That was the first thing we saw, and we just got to know them, and they would do various projects. We did a kid's pilot, if you can believe it, for Fox's sister network. We started developing South Park based on those characters before the second video, Jesus vs. Santa, was made. Yeah, uh, Trey Parker again. He gave us two grand. We were so stoked. It was all single cell animation. So the damn thing took a week of no sleep to make five minutes worth. We talked about if it could ever be a show. And that's why at the very beginning, we put a sign that said South Park. It was just in the back of our minds. We didn't even put our names on it. And so that was directly what led to both the creation of i mean like everything's there like you said all these seeds and germs of ideas and things that they would keep going with it's kind of fucking crazy because i remember seeing jesus versus santa claus many years ago just the beat the rhythm just so many yeah you can go watch i mean the current the most recent season is not that great but like yeah the first couple i mean the first four the first i mean they're really mean which is i've gone back and rewatched certain parts of like the first i want to say six seasons but they're they're 
that's the thing like, that kind of struck me. Like, this is just a really, it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's good, but like, this is a really mean, bitter show. Yeah, it's definitely changed over the years to something a little bit less mean. It's still mean, but in a different way. When they kind of got outside of some of the core concept, because some people say like the first six seasons are about the the four main kids. Then it's more, there are seasons that are like, oh, these are uh, Stan's dad and Butter's seasons. And well, how does it phrase? Like it's first it's about the kids. Then it's about how stupid adults are. Then it's about Stan's dad and Butter's. And then it's about, I forget what the, the you know, the other concepts. But I was like, actually, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. There's a whole litany of episodes or, or even seasons, really. They're just like, aren't adults stupid? They kind of went against that because in the early days, I remember like they really poked fun at the police. You know, Officer Barbrady was the dumbest man in town, and the parents were barely even in the show. You know, they just mm-hmm. were kind of like background characters. So the evolution did take on a Simpsons like tenor where they're trying to expand it, but also like they kind of, in doing so, lost the core of the show, which is just these four kids being nasty little pig fuckers <laughs> and just talking shit on each other. Yeah, I mean, I got in trouble. Oh like yeah, watching South. like it was like one of those things where it then became like if, if like my grandparents caught me watching Abuse and Butthead. Yeah. Well, Jesus, at least it's not South Park. Yeah. Or watching Simpsons, at least it's not South Park. Right. One of the guys, one of the executives, the Fox guy, Graydon, is is quoted in the same piece as saying, "Comedy Central had uh, the guy Herzog. Uh, they made a pilot, and we were a little disappointed, and we expressed that." Graydon then saying, "We went to do a focus group." They were asked to rate the pilot, which is Cartman Gets an Anal Probe, which was the original first episode that aired. Rate the pilot on a scale of 1 to 10. There were 1s, 2s, and 3s everywhere. We made three people cry. They were saying that it's inappropriate for children to say those kinds of things. Matt and Trey asked how it went. I had been to many focus groups, but they had not. I had never seen a worse focus group, and I thought, well... This show isn't going to be the next year of my life. <laughs> yeah, Comedy Central decided against the focus group and, and went ahead and, and moved ahead with the series. Uh, Graydon, again, that takes more bravery than people will know until they've had these jobs. Herzog, anybody that tells you they knew it was going to be a hit and the only people I would believe if they said that would be Matt and Trey, that's just bullshit. Nobody knows, right? What we did know was that it was really funny. We thought it was clever. And for a network that was still struggling to reach 50 million homes, we went, at the very least, this will get attention. Now, we talked about Mystery Science Theater and that. They were taking a risk on that at the same time. They had, right around that same time, they had just uh, not only bought the rights to Mystery Science Theater, but they had also renewed it many, many times over, changing from the Comedy Channel to Comedy Central, Mm -hmm. right, and taking that show and a bunch of other really odd programming with it. Uh, Dave Attell's Insomniac. I mean, just some real interesting stuff. So many weird shows. Dr. Katz, professional therapist. Lauren Burchard, Bob's Burgers, would not have a career were it not for Comedy Central. Oh, yeah. A lot of people <laughs> wouldn't have a career. Right. I mean, people. Some people may not even know that like the original fucking announcer for Comedy Central was Penn. Penn Gillette. Yeah. 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 Coming up next, yeah, yeah. MSC3K. <laughs> I loved, strip mall. I loved having tapes 
with Pendulette doing the intros on it because it's like no one would believe you otherwise. Alan King had a show on Comedy Central. They really were trying stuff. This was, you know, cable was still kind of the Wild West. You had, yeah. You had guys at like USA and, and all those places trying. Some in the Kita? Yeah. Or, or even uh, Joe Bob Briggs, uh, giving Joe Bob Briggs a cable show. That was the thing. Yeah, the most divorced man in a cowboy hat. <laughs> Yeah, he really had like the true. first podcast. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still see clips from from that on TikTok, and I'm like, yeah, this is very proto podcast. Debbie the mail lady. He's like the one guy that's seen that clip from Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> you know what I'm talking this about. This machine the- called me an asshole. This machine <laughs> called me an asshole. But I'm thinking more about how he talks about how. Stephen King showed George Romero a cut oh. of the scene where the steamroller crushes the kid, the baseball kid. <laughs> yeah. And apparently there's a cut of it where it's just so fucking gory that it like apparently made George Romero pale. And I feel like that's my Whew. white whale. I was going to say, see. yeah, I need this. I need this in my life. Yeesh. This is that time period where they're transitioning. So this is Comedy Central becoming Comedy Central from Comedy Channel. But I'm trying to think, okay, you had Dr. Katz. You had Alan King doing a show. You had uh, Lounge Lizards. Lounge Lizards. Wow. Uh, they were doing some other... Yeah, Upright Citizens Brigade. That was a little bit later. I think that was maybe a year or two after, because I want to say that was 97. Right. So it was a little I'm just, bit... I'm just thinking... That, like that era. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. MST3K. You had Dr. Katz. Yeah, SNL reruns. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. They didn't have a lot of animation, so South Park was kind of like, this is our animated show. And it's on yeah. after 9, you know, it's on after 9 or 10 p.m. Yeah, I feel like saying Dr. Katz as being animated is very generous. I was going to say, yeah, because, I mean, it was Jonathan Katz, again, proto-podcast, in character as this therapist. Boy, that launched the career of uh, Laura Silverman, John Benjamin. So many people. Yeah, because that was about it for animation. It was that and, and the South Park. Yeah, it says 97, it debuted to a million viewers. For a debut episode for a show at that time on a cable network after 10 p.m., yeah. that's pretty. Oh, I remember, f- I remember uh, going to um, like that Christmas '97, mm-hmm. like going to uh, like Christmas shopping with my family at uh, Union Station. Oh yeah, and walking past back uh, when they had the sock store. Yeah, well there was <laughs> there was that I forget what it was called, but right by the food court, like like almost exactly across from like the taffy pullers, uh-huh. there was a place that sold like the cool shit. Mm-hmm. And I remember them having like the fucking A's B boy Cartman plushie. Oh, and my wow. brother even had that. And wow. like my brother, who I don't think ever had cable, would, like come over to my dad's with like a VHS tape full of like South Parks to play for my dad, who I guess it was like showing a troglodyte, like a liar or something. <laughs> um, I remember like my dad seeing the volcano episode. Oh, just wow. Being like the fuck. Yeah. Like, they can do this? Like, it was like one of those things where, like, I feel like, like we were showing them a snuff film. Right. Imagine my brother at this time as, a, as an adult. I'm, God, I'm like 11 or 12. I mean, I fucking had a South Park hat, and I thought it was like, the, uh, you know, I get, I get detention at school to wear my right. Kenny hat. Yeah. The fact that these two things, again, grand total nine minutes, spawned all of this was pretty pretty fucking impressive i mean and like you said all the germs of the ideas were there everything kind of was set in stone pretty crazy and really it is because of the internet because that was just the right time they were just 
message boards would be posting about there's a new episode of this weird show I've never seen or someone would say hey remember that thing that we that you found on this thing yeah there's there's a show these guys made a show and it turned into a thing <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like kind of like Tracy Ullman birthing the Simpsons it was very of its time I think a lot less bitterness yeah you think yeah, Tracy Ullman was famously bitter about. Oh, sure. Because like you know, who remembers? I mean, she is a footnote. I know, which is unfortunate because she's so fucking funny. Yeah. Anyway, strange time. Strange time to yeah, be on the weird internet. Time when uh, foul-mouthed children. It really is that simple, isn't it? Just have kids Red say Rocket. fuck a bunch. <laughs> have kids jack a dog off. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> the first. I want to say ten seasons. Just. Yeah, I, when it got when it started getting into like the weird libertarian, both sides are wrong shit. Yeah, I right. think they've they they listened to that criticism. Did you see the pandemic QAnon specials? I have not. Like I said, I've been avoiding the show for a while. I, I feel like I should go back, but it's just it's so hit or miss. It really is. The pandemic specials are actually really fucking funny. Is that's the one where they're they 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 are well, there's grown ups one where now. there's one that's like where Randy is like. He sees a newscast and, and it's like, you know, they don't think it came from a bat. They think it came from a pangolin. And, and Randy thinks about, oh, shit, you know, him and Mickey Mouse, like <laughs> doing coke in, in China and fucking right, a, pangolin. a pangolin. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've seen clips, I guess. Yeah, I, don't it's, think it's, I've seen I mean, that shit's actually kind of funny. And the, the one where they're growing up is really funny because Cartman is now a rabbi. Rabbi. Yeah. And, uh, I think his wife's name is Lentil. <laughs> or something like that oh. like there's like some really great jokes in there and, like watching it with someone who was who, who grew up jewish mm-hmm. was really funny because he's like no yeah like it felt yentl. like uh, yentl the, yentl the, there the we barbara go barbara streisand movie yeah and well the whole thing is that they're like the kind of riff is that out of the four boys i mean kenny's dead right and in, in this narrative stan and kyle are just like miserable adults but now cartman's a rabbi and has like a lovely wife and like sweet kids. Yeah, he's fulfilled like spiritually. He's, he's fulfilled spiritually. And there's like a moment where like he's staying over at like Kyle's house or something. He's like fucking his wife. And, and apparently <laughs> it's just giving his wife like you know, <laughs> calf cramping good sex he's and blowing the back out. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, it's so fucking funny. Yeah. I, I would say in the modern, it's weird. that Yeah, it's been going forever now. It's been going for 25 years when they have like a new season, I'll like catch an episode. And like, if the first couple episodes stick, I'll stick with it. But sure. the last couple seasons have been kind of, they're funny. Like, again, they still find ways to be, you know, curious and weird. Sure. And, but it's also strange to see how many rhythmic things or uh, aesthetic things. And a episode made last year can be still found in, you know, something they did for a thousand bucks. In the nineties. And he says they, they actually made it for seven fifty and pocketed the rest. <laughs> Beautiful. Which hey, fuck them, right? Because they didn't know if they're gonna work again. So yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean at two hundred fifty bucks goes pretty far, you know. It sure saying, does. You know well speaking so of last... milk, milk fountain, folks. <laughs> you ready for the milk fountain? <laughs> it's shock.jpg. And now the moment you've all been waiting for. Shock.jpg Another blast in the past. 2008 brought us this one from the group Lol Shock. This courtesy of the Screamer Wiki. Milk Fountain, Brian. Boy, I can only imagine <laughs> what this is about. It's either uh, Milk Chug uh-huh. or something involved uh, titties. Well, here we go. 
Um, so it's it's two women with very obviously fake prosthetic penises. Uh, one giving uh, the fake prosthetic penis a foot job, and the other one seated on what appears to be either a couch or a bed, can't really tell, with massive uh, prosthetic boobs that are spraying milk everywhere. And it's a looping gif. And it just, it will go on like this forever. One has the high, high I, knee socks I think there. you got, you're neglecting here that the fake penis is also having fake cum. Oh, shit. I, I can't even, I couldn't even see that. But yeah, you're right. It's, you're right. Uh, Listen, I'm a man for details here. <laughs> just busting all over Everyone, the every, Everything, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like every, it's like being on a farm. Everything, there's <laughs> shit spraying everywhere. So, <laughs> from the web archive capture of the site what is the milk fountain milk fountain is an artistic examination of the female form and human sexuality well you can say that again the image depicts eight jap oh wait this is from the original this was actually the the second version of milk fountain the description does not match the image in this one it says eight japanese women shooting milky fluid onto a ninth ninth woman who lies on the floor so let me see if i can find the original because this apparently was not Oh, here it is. Here's the original version, it says. So apparently in 2021, it was replaced with the prosthetic dick and the prosthetic boobs version. Oh, <laughs> that is somehow a lot worse. <laughs> there appears to be a combination of milk and dookies shooting out from a number of butts onto a naked God, woman. This is this being is, penetrated this is me after there. eating Arby's. <laughs> I'm thinking Arby's. Uh, <laughs> We've got the meats. Indeed, they do. The ass meat. The, <laughs> the milky and, ass meat. And hey, you know, a number of these people are uh, are caked up. I got to tell you, uh, especially the lady on the right. I, I, I got to say, between the... The $2.8 million goal. Oh, key- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's referring to the web archives uh, call for donations at the top. We've got. Listen, if you want to keep seeing, you know, uh, archaic old smut that's gross and disgusting, you got pony up some money. We it's, need three mil large. It's true. And look, they've made two point eight mil of that goal. So hey, um, if you can do that, web archive definitely. Which do you prefer, Brian? Do you prefer the uh, the eight butts shooting milk, or the, do you prefer the eight the- butts shooting uh, milk shit onto a woman in mid coitus? Is interesting. It's something mm-hmm. I can't say I've ever seen before. I'm not going to find that at the Whitney on Thought Catalog or at the MoMA. No, you're not no, going to see that. I mean, yeah. shit. I, maybe that's what the the cop was was watching when he <laughs> when he swerved his police SUV into a gay bar. <laughs> He's trying to avoid an invisible dog. Don't you keep it? Keep Someone your story straight. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, What's that man doing to his ass? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, which do you prefer do you prefer the fake prosthetic the, the, boobs the, weird, or the, the, the shitting dick nipples yeah, stuff is, yeah is funny yeah I, i'm i'm just uh well neither one is all that hot let me go no, but the 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 shitting on the woman thing is really interesting because that means you had to get like a at least half a dozen people in on this idea yeah, i think it was like eight people Right, but you got to think about like the photographer. Oh, and, and in other addition, things. yeah, sure. Yeah, someone had to go to the store. Oh, somebody had to do milk enemas. Yeah, yeah, oh, like yeah. you know, this was a group effort. Yeah, it's, for sure. It, you know, you got to think about what's not just happening. Well, I mean, you, you got the lens. You also got to think who you know who created the giant prosthetic boobs, 
who sure. uh, who made and the giant the, prosthetic the shitting, dongs and the becoming fake dongs. Not only that, but the the giant prosthetic boobs are like spraying milk, so they're like yeah, filled with they're something. really they're they're going everywhere, man. It's, <laughs> there's there's nothing. There are more performers in the original version. There's ten of them, but here there's just the two ladies. But um, I think they're selling it a bit more. But again, this is also yeah. because this one is a GIF versus a still image, so kind of hard to tell. Well, you know me as a photographer, I'm much more of a fan of the still image. Though, sure, it's a version two here. You know, is not without its merits. I don't know why we're really quantifying this. I'm so just saying, deeply. which do you prefer? Because there were two versions. I think versions the first of, one. I think the, you first, think the first one. one? I mean, yeah. again, like I'm just the the, the still image is always going to be more evocative than the moving one. Gotcha. All right. Well, I feel definitely unclean after watching both of those. So it's time for the breath mint. It's time for your mom's favorite part of the show. It's time for the breath mint. We're approaching our our end of year. We'll have a whole end of year episode, obviously. But uh, uh, this this one got me. I got Game Pass because we were talking about playing Remnant 2 together. Mm -hmm. Then I realized there's a ton of shit on Game Pass for PC that I hadn't played yet that was released this year. The one that really got me was, of all things, Bethesda and Tango Gameworks teaming up again, not for another Evil Within, but for Hi-Fi Rush, a rhythm action, Devil May Cry meets Patapon a, a kind of game where you're... Yeah, I've, I've watched some people play it before. It's, it's really a neat game. Short. It's really, that's a big benefit to me. It's a short game. Took all of 10 hours to beat. As far as like, you know, on normal, you know? Yeah. There's a few moments where you're really required to get it down to advance. But for the most part, it's kind of an option. Just gets you higher scores, Devil yeah. May Cry style. And it's it's funny. It's well written. They chose a lot of really cool music for it. Very they colorful. wrote a lot of really cool music for it. Um, they had uh, the Thousand from the, the Nine Inch Nails album The Slip is on there. There's a Fiona Apple song, Fast As You Can's on there. That Elsinore song, whose name I can't remember, but the, the <laughs> Ryan, uh, uh, it's Radical or something like that. Oh, I think about the guy from Elsinore. It's a guy named Ryan. Oh, it, so one of the Elsinore songs, Radical, uh, is a boss fight theme. That feels so random. It works because it's got this real, bow, bow, you know, it's, so it works with a rhythm game, like kind of yeah. f- feels right. The final battle is to a perfect drug. By Nine Inch Nails, the quantifiably the best Nine Inch Nails song ever written, and it was written for a movie soundtrack. But yeah, uh, Hi Fi Rush, yeah. high quality game, really fun, silly. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's also just like if you like action games, if you like rhythm games, it's peanut butter and chocolate. It's too good taste, taste it together. Gotta love it. Highly recommend it to anyone who has Game Pass. Pick it up. It's a short game, real fun. I don't think I had more fun playing a game this year. With the exception of a few, but we'll we'll do that on another show. I'll 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 dig deep into what was more fun, but boy, boy, I'm 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 glad that uh, you you found some other stuff to play on there because I'm I'm not sure if I can stick with Remnant. Too. It is a bit of a slog in the early going. I will well, give you this. Well, yes. what what kind of got me was like the first level had some interesting concepts and like the procedurally generated or the the level design can be really interesting but i feel like whatever algorithm they're working on led to to me like dead ends and stuff that just like oh this sucks yeah like this is a pain in the ass like i wish it did not generate like this 
So the first thing's like very like Bloodborne, like Elden Ring-ish, the first level. Depends on how you roll. The first, I just re-rolled a new Challenger character and it dropped me off on the uh, the drone. There's a planet with like drones flying around. Oh, okay. And so it is very random what your starting area is. So, so you the starting started... area for me was like the Fae yeah, thing, okay. which is kind of Bloodborne-ish, Elden Ring-ish. And then like there's some cool events that happen. Like you try to like keep someone from burning a heretic that Some is stuff a, that I thought that was weird orphan people. And then you've done the Fey level before. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the whole trying to figure out like bits and pieces of the mythology. And I think there's some stuff there that's really creative. And then so I finished that level and and then it takes me to the next world. And I'm like, oh, this is just like Vextral space from Destiny 2. Yeah. I don't really. I, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, I, Which is unfortunate because that's where the story opens up a bit more and so, so you find one of the characters you're looking for and it starts to become a, a little bit more open-ended but yeah you're right it it does tread some familiar territory that is it feels like a game that if i were 10 years younger mm. i would be like sure i'll waste some time on this but i feel like man i got other th- yeah it's it's okay. I, there's some cool stuff there it i think there's a lot of little bits of very sincere and very worth, worthwhile creativity in in what i played but it's not showing me enough new. That's true. It does take a while to get to that stuff. A lot of it, it really does have to do with, because it's procedurally generated, because every time you play it, it's not the same. There's some things where certain encounters will become really hard for no reason. <laughs> I've Just, heard that. Because each boss enemy has various traits that they can have. And some of them are interesting, like they create clones of you that you then can fight, but other ones are just ridiculous. Like uh, I went through one section, and you have to make this moral choice between saving the sacred deer or, uh, or or fighting the beast that's after it, or letting the beast eat part of the deer. And then you have like three or four different choices you can make. But every time the monster that was trying to kill the deer had all these stats that was like making it way tougher than it needed to be and i was super under leveled and i'm like this is painful that's what i was just like you know what i'm gonna do something else i'll re-roll this part on a lower difficulty i'm gonna try you know what i mean like i'll try i'll try something else um which is a freedom you get eventually in the game you can just re-roll parts of the game i don't know maybe this weekend we'll we'll fuck around with it a little bit more. if we can get on together i can kind of show you some stuff so last weekend Got to see a movie that one of those movies I tell my girlfriend I've never seen it before. She's like, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, what's this one? National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, wow. Never seen it. That is amazing. Yeah. By sheer cultural osmosis, I figured you'd seen it. No, something. I mean, I was someone that saw, uh, you know, City of Lost Children when I was in grade school. So, like, wow. give me some credit of being like. Yeah, you were ahead of the curve in that regard. Yeah, it. for sure. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, I didn't need to watch that because I was already watching High Cinema. I was watching Run Lola One, <laughs> Run Lola Run in seventh grade. Fair like, enough. You know, like, Fair enough. I was I was seeking out the weird shit. I mean, I worked at a blockbuster. I probably should have rented some of these movies. I was going to say, yeah. But anyways, uh, I hadn't seen it before, and she she wanted to watch a Christmas movie. I'm like, sure, fuck it. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where I I imagine if you watched it when it was a new movie, it would have been fucking mind-blowing and subversive and and all that but there's so many beats that have become tropes so many jokes so many concepts i think that have become kind of run into the ground like what's one that the the shitty in-laws and okay. um, getting yeah. locked in 
getting locked <laughs> in the attic. the attic. Which, you know, it's like how I feel like about Jimi Hendrix. Okay. Like, I bet, like, I, you know, I asked my Aunt Kelly, what was it like, like, you know, hearing the Rolling Stones or Jimi Hendrix for the first time? And she'd be like, oh, wow, this is fucking amazing. You know, she'll go on and on. But the thing is, so many people have reiterated on, on what they, what so many bands that did completely innovative things that when you go back to the source material that sometimes it doesn't hit like you yeah, hope it, it would. It's time has passed. It was sure. of its time. But yeah. that being said, like, there's still parts of the movie that I, I found to really enjoy Chevy Chase when he like loses his shit near the end and you Ugh. realize that the take that they used he probably did not blink the entire time <laughs> oh yeah there's just you know little pieces like the the shitty family there, yeah I mean there's some good riffs in cousin there. Eddie is a fan favorite character we love cousin Eddie the shader's full you know that guy uh, yeah I was like oh that's that line yeah 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 because you've heard it oh I've heard it. Every, every single every single uh cool uncle I've ever known has said that at some point. Mm-hmm. I love the, and it, this comes back to the South Park thing. I love the bits in, in Christmas Vacation where the kids just bust out some swears. One of Cousin Eddie's kids says to Clark, uh, yeah, he's going to be shitting bricks. And, you know, he admonishes him. Hey, language. Oh, yeah, sorry. Shitting bullets. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few moments, too, like when Clark is having this vision of the pool he's going to get with this bonus which must have been pretty impressive bonus for whatever sure. job that clark i still don't know what clark does for a living after all the these years food additive. oh that's right like a scientist or something that's right he's it's just some like science guy at a, okay because that was so unimportant i guess it never stuck in my brain like what does he do for a living oh uh, whatever it doesn't matter that's funny because one of my uncles was a uh, did the same job, and <laughs> I think he still does. Yeah, they kidnap his boss. Yeah, which <laughs> and then somehow they all find like the meaning of Christmas, <laughs> almost in spite of themselves. Which I think is to me the the real meat of the movie is that last section. Yeah, was, I had fun. Like there's yeah. definitely parts where I really like, but it was kind of weird being like, oh, this is where this came from. This thing that yeah. I, I've seen in so many different forms since a child. Anyway, yeah, you're right. The DNA is everywhere. Yeah, um, just like like the like a C hotel room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't bring your black light to Christmas vacation. So I saw a Christmas movie. Well, a Christmas ish movie this past week. We went and did a movie trivia at the Marcus Theater out. Uh, it used to be a Weirberg's Ronnie's Theaters out there in South City. And we did a, a, a movie trivia, and one of the prizes for winning the movie trivia was movie passes. And so we've been kind of hemming and hawing, oh, what are we going to go see? What are we going to go see? And then we happened upon, the perfect timing just kind of fell in our laps, and we went to see Wonka, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory prequel musical starring Timothy Chalamet, directed by the guy who did Paddington in Paddington 2. That sounds exhausting. It sounds exhausting. On paper, I can see how someone would be like, oh, fuck this movie. But I had such a good time. Good musical. The, the musical numbers were great. It was really funny, like genuinely funny uh, in a way that like few musicals are. Boy, the supporting cast was great. Keegan-Michael Kay, was, he plays the bumbling police inspector with a sweet tooth who is then paid off by this chocolate conglomerate in boxes of candy to keep Wonka out of business. And so throughout the course of the film, he goes from looking like his usual self to wearing this enormous fat suit. And it's just this like running joke that every time you see him, he's fatter. 
a rogues gallery of really underrated British actors playing these supporting roles. I mean, nobody else that I really recognized. Everyone's fucking funny in it. Everyone gets a great song. There's just... It's fun. It's fun in the way that, like, Paddington was fun. It's just a fun movie. It's whimsy. Whimsy was the name of the game, and I think it, it definitely hits that high note. Hugh Grant was the one Hugh I was Grant. thinking of. Hugh Grant. Who apparently hated doing the movie. Which is a damn shame, because he is a highlight of the film. I, I think he's, I think the, the thing, the quote I read was, I have a lot of kids. Which makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. Hey, uh, you got a couple bucks? Sure, I'll do your movie. Uh, but he plays the lone Oompa Loompa in the film, uh, <laughs> which is like, okay, okay. They have him in the exact get-up from the, the 70s, uh, from the Gene Wilder movie. They make a few oblique references to the Gene Wilder flick, in particular that at the end there's a a version of Pure Imagination with the lyrics slightly changed. And then as he's imagining what the future of Wonka Chocolates is going to be, you kind of see the 70s set recreated around him. Hmm. But that and the character of Slugworth, those are that's pretty much it. It's not a Ghostbusters afterlife situation where every two seconds it's like, hey, do you remember this? Hey, do you remember this? And there's no joke. It's just, hey, do you remember this? That was what Ghostbusters Afterlife does. This one goes... Hey, there's this whole movie going on, and also, they're, yeah, they're, if you remember the 70s thing, great, cool. All right, but also, there's, you know, it, it's a very different kind of vibe. Um, oh, so it's not in continuity with the uh, the Johnny Depp one? No, absolutely has nothing to do with that, thank God. Um, because as much as like Tim Burton, I felt like the Johnny Depp one was kind of pointless. With the exception of Christopher Lee as the dentist father. That is pretty much the only... Well, anything that has Christopher, Christopher Lee. Lee yeah. Um, but yeah, Wonka, great movie. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I like candy because my father was a fascist. But he's also doing a weird Michael Jackson thing, which I didn't find really tasteful at the time. I mean, both do terrible things to children. Fair enough, but, but you know... But, you know, it's, it's just... It felt wrong. It felt, if, if, if Willy Wonka murdered his wife mm-hmm. wouldn't it make sense that the, the, the giant depth version he would be after uh oj simpson <laughs> that willy wonka is out on the golf course going i'm, hey, not, uh, I'm not black i'm wonka <laughs> <laughs> if the gobstopper doesn't fit you must acquit wait that was that was his lawyer but uh oh geez anyway i enjoyed i enjoyed despite timothy chalamet I like Timothy Chalamet yeah. in small doses. I liked him in Dune. I liked him. I in... liked him in Dune. Yes, I liked him in Dune, and Call Me by Your Name. Those are the only two things I've seen him in that I really enjoyed the films. And most of those times, it was in spite of him. But this, he uh, he gave his whole ass. He put his whole ass out in that movie. Uh, he sings and dances, and it's a whole big thing. And he has some of those Gene Wilder mannerisms, but it's not as overt. He has that boyish charm, which works with the character because he's supposed to be young and kind of idealistic. And I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Maybe wait, you know, for you in particular, the film curmudgeon. Uh, maybe wait yeah. for, for it to come to Max or whatever for, for you. But for those of you who enjoy a bit of whimsy, Paul King is the king of whimsy. Directed Paddington 1 and 2. Speaking of whimsy. Yes, whimsy. Uh, whimsy. Last night. Lee and I mm-hmm. watched a little little art house film Ooh, called uh, called X. 
Oh, boy. What did you think of X? Have you seen it? I have. I've seen X and the prequel. I thought it was a really great horror film that would have been a lot better if it wasn't so aware of itself. That is a, a, a weakness of the film, absolutely. There's so much I like about it. So many uh the performances are great. The oh, characterizations are so fun. And then seems to really fail to do too much with it. The once the deaths start, you're like, oh, this isn't yep. that much fun. Because not not a lot of the deaths are are very satisfying or interesting. It wants to be Texas Chainsaw really bad, but it doesn't have the gumption to follow through, I think. Yeah. And I think that is a major weakness of the movie. And I, I think that's what makes Pearl a better film in like many, many ways. I do got to give it up for Mia Goth for playing two roles in the same movie. That's always a fun one. And I do got to give it up for uh, Jenny, Jenny Ortega, who is the, uh, the sound girl who wants to do a porno scene. And, and, yeah. and the, uh, I'm, I'm, she's, gonna, yeah. She's the, I'm sorry to say, guys, this is for all you horny guys out there. This is unfortunately another movie where you're going to see Mia Goth's tits. Ugh. But you're not going to see the tits of the person you really want to see. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Oh, cool. Another Mia Goth. Oh, wow. Mia Goth, your tits are out. Wow. Cool. Cool. I haven't seen that before. Gosh. I yeah. feel like this, it's like, it's not it's like, like I haven't another, seen Infinity it's like, Pool. Yeah. It's like, gosh, it's like a fucking other Jurassic Park movie. Cool. I ain't seen this before. <laughs> wow. The dinosaurs got loose. Wow. Pandemonium. Wow. This is just real. Wow, won't won't man ever understand the the folly of his ways? I love that you can have that reaction about Mia Goth doing nudity. That to me is amusing. Uh, anyway, I don't um, know, man. You know, it's just an attractive young woman is all I'm saying. Well, you know, it's it's like roadkill. Well, I mean, every once in a while you see a, an armadillo. Sure, but I don't even know where I'm going with that. But I, you know, I have. I don't lot, either. I mean, but I was kind of curious. <laughs> I would say, I would say, like the first third and the mm. last third are good, and like the middle part, yeah, sags in the middle. Once the the de- the killing starts, it it just kind of it's still fun. Mm-hmm. The first death with the 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 Jr. the, the kind of incel the incel sound guy, <laughs> yeah, who's just like trying to start a van, and then suddenly Pearl pops up. Ah, like okay. We've entered a different film now. I would say, like, the the last bit of it's really great. Yes. Without trying to spoil too much, the last bit of it's really fucking fun. It's it's a movie worth watching. It has a lot oh, of like, sure. great vibes to it. Like, I, I feel like they killed off some characters way too quick. Like, it's just like, ah, oh, boom, you're dead. Yeah. And, whereas I feel like what would have been more satisfying or more tillizing is to like really fucking drag some of that shit out because right. I think sometimes like that's what makes a great horror film. Like it yeah. doesn't like if maybe these deaths took a little bit more time or a little bit more gruesome. I think. Yeah, I mean there was a f- there was a few uh, deaths in Barbarian that I thought like well we could have stretched that one out a bit, can we? Yeah, could, we uh, could tease we could tease a little bit more out of that. I mean Barbarian's a, a fucking great movie, but it's uh, the same thing though. It's that same like. It could have been so much better if we'd done just a little bit more of this or that. You know, there's just little bits here and there. Uh, I get what you're saying, especially with some of these characters where, like, I was just getting to know them and I kind of want to see how they'd react to being like maimed first. Yeah. Murdered. Exactly. And the only person that really goes through that is Jane Ortega's character. And boy, she sells it, though. Oh, she's great. 
She's great in her underwear that says Sunday on it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. What a great. I forgot about that detail. Yeah, right. I, I, I was, I tried not to lose my shit. I'm like, this is so weird. And, but it works. I think. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, what I think, it, yeah. There's, again, there's a lot to like about it. It's most certainly worth watching. I wish some things were better, but yeah. it's still fun. What did you think of the music? Because I was I was intrigued by like how it's not necessarily period accurate, but it feels right. Well, was it uh, Chelsea Wolf or something? Yes, that's or, what I was. That, that's yeah, why I asked. It's it's fun. Like it was good. I honestly I didn't really pay attention to the soundtrack that much. It didn't really hmm. stick out to me. Which in a horror film is either a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, I think sometimes if the the music adds to the tension or the mood but doesn't stick out like i mean it depends on intention too true yeah i was thinking of suspiria and goblin in particular because yeah. i just went back and listened to, to the goblin or to, to goblin doing the suspiria soundtrack this week and i was like i can see every frame of this movie in my mind every it's fucking crazy oh yeah it was, it was cool i'm glad we yeah. watched it um put it on your calendar to watch pearl because okay. boy oh boy they couldn't be more different <laughs> they couldn't be any more different. Uh, Mia Goth again in in the lead there. She gives probably one of her best performances in something you'd consider like a throwaway movie. This is a prequel to a movie that you know is was kind of okay, right? Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, Pearl, even without X to refer to it, stands on its own. It takes place on the same farm, but obviously like fifty years earlier. What a flick, Pearl. Wants to be a star, but her German mother says no, and so that creates all this other conflict. And you know, she she uh, sneaks out to the movies. <laughs> she she gets this idea that she's going to be a star. N- not to spoil anything, there is one scene at the end where, in most movies, you would cut to a still frame of someone, right, and then credits go by. In this one. <laughs> They just linger on Mia Goth's face in real time as the credits roll as she's got this painful-looking smile on. And those credits are long. <laughs> it just goes on for a very long time. I had to check. And, like, is she moving? Yes. Oh, God. So they literally sat there. I think when we were watching it, it was either, like, right before or very early, and my girlfriend said something to me, like, you know, she's just so upsetting. Like, her yes. uncomfortable. Like everything she's in is, yeah, she's, yes, like she, <laughs> and they lean into it. In it's like weird because yeah. she's not like, like strikingly beautiful, but she's like also plain. She's kind of pretty, but she's also kind of plain faced. Yeah, like she sticks out, but she doesn't. Like she's just got this, like this. She really got the Lauren amb- Ambrose face. There's something very ambiguous about yes. her. Like that, and I think that's part of like what makes her haunting is that uncanny. She's, yeah. I think she's going to have a really great career in film. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, just the project she's done the past two, three years is like, yeah. yeah I, I mean, mean, Infinity Pool was great. Uh, X Pearl Infinity Pool. Sephiriza. Yeah. Called? I can't remember the name. The remake. Of it. Yeah. I don't know. That's not a person I want to share an elevator with. No. I also did not know this, but Mia Goth is British. So. Huh. Oh, that was the one I was trying to think of. Uh, Cure she, for Wellness. Oh, Cure yeah. for Wellness. That was a Gore Verbinski movie. And Nymphomania. And Nymphomania, yeah. The uh, Lars von Trier uh, two-film two thing. So uh, the last thing I have is is just a fun one. It doesn't really bear a lot of repeating because you and I already agree on this. What We Do in the Shadows, season five. Boy, oh boy. What boy, a firecracker oh boy. I have of a season. Not, 
I feel like I'm a couple seasons behind. Did you see the one where Nadia starts the Vampire Nightclub? Is that the one where uh, it's a vampire nightclub? Mm. Is that also the one where there's like the the fitness vampire? <laughs> is that or is, or is it at least at the same season? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I think that's like the last season I watched. Well, then you're pretty close to caught up because it's okay. you know eight ten episodes. You're, you you'll be caught up in no time. They're really focusing on Nadja's character in this season, which is great because I felt like they focused on Laszlo and Colin in the past one, and they're kind of giving everyone a little bit of time to shine. Uh, you, you got a few Guillermo specific episodes, which I love Guillermo or Gizmo as, as Nandor calls him. There's just this great bit in one of the first episodes where they go to the mall, which they apparently have never been to. And however <laughs> <laughs> long they lived in Staten Island, they've never been to the mall. It's just one scene. If, if you if you know Matt Berry and you know Laszlo, the character, you know that it, he's going to walk through a mall and just start talking shit. And of course, he's. That's the baby village. Smart idea, putting them all in one place. You know, <laughs> the bikini warehouse probably a front for a brothel, and it, all of that's contained in like you know sixty seconds. So it's still fun. Kristen Schaal's really annoying, but she's in it. But her annoyingness is a plot point, which is kind of interesting. But you got a lot of fun. There's a body swap episode, which everyone loves. <laughs> Just some real fun stuff. It again, short seasons are real fun. If you've never seen what we do in the shadows before. It's a mockumentary about vampires living in Staten Island, which is based on a film, which is about vampires living in, I don't know, New Zealand, I believe. But um, it's a hoot. It's a hoot the, and a the original film is, I think it is New Zealand. Yeah, it's it's really weird. I want to say that because it's Taika Waititi. So, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Gosh. When he was fresh and new. Yeah, before he got that Marvel money. Speaking of things, apparently he just did that for money. I'm not surprised yeah, at all. Yeah, and uh, it's a very mercenary move. I mean, sure, man, go for it, do it. I mean, he made probably what was like the last, like, legitimately good Marvel movie. So, so good on him. Yeah, I actually thought he made the other Thor movie, and I was like, man, he he couldn't strike lightning twice. Yeah, entirely possible. I'm sure he was just like tired because I mean, he's executive producing. What we do in the shadows, executive producing Reservo- Reservation Dogs. He's probably got a t- few other things in the works, and so this was like, "Hey, you're gonna do yeah, another no Thor why movie?" Yeah, doesn't have time to be funny, right? It's like, "Hey, you want to do another Thor movie?" Like, "Uh, sure, put it on the pile, I guess." Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> pile of money. Yeah, I got other things going on, but sure, I'll throw a camera at Chris Hemsworth for a couple hours. Why not, folks? This is the part of the show where we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, because we got shit to do. It doesn't involve tooth. you. Yep. Yeah, we really fucking uh, we railed the birdcage long and hard tonight. Shoot on that bone. Shoot on that bone. Jason, where can they find you? Hey, uh, you can find me on various places on the internet, social medias, and whatnots as Video Crime V I D E O C R I M E. If you see a video crime on the internet, chances are that's me, with the exception of Instagram and TikTok. That's Laser Goose CEO, Laser with an S, because I am not a moron. You can also find me. On Substack, golfwolfmagazine.substack.com. And that's, oh, uh, Midnight Pals just yeah, did our, Pals. our season finale. Midnight Pals just oh, aired the yeah. other day. Uh, that was episode eight. Uh, I play Stephen King on Midnight Pals. So that is midnightpals.simplecast.com. And check and c- catch yourself up on eight episodes of uh, very, very funny stuff. Our former guest, Bitter Corella, is the main creator there. But of course, Robin Johnson, Sister Inica, Becca D'Souza. I'm leaving people out because I'm really tired, but <laughs> there's a great cast of characters. Everyone's really funny. 
I had a great time doing it. Our season's over. We're going to do a new season next year. But right now, perfect time to catch up on that. I play a fictionalized version of Stephen King. You've got fictionalized versions of Dean Koontz, Clive Barker, Edgar Allan Poe. The season finale, by the way, is Stephen King and the Rock Bottom Remainders <laughs> show up at J.K. Rowling's Scottish Castle uh, and wreck the place. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. I'm into that. <laughs> it's great. Uh, we've got a, a woman playing Patricia Highsmith. Just some... Some real class acts, a guy doing Neil Gaiman. It's just, it's fun. Uh, the The person playing Dean Koontz, though, is my favorite. They play Dean Koontz like he's a 10-year-old boy, and Stephen King being his kind of father figure. So I get to say, like, Deaner. Uh, I get to call him all these, like, <laughs> little Dean nicknames. Uh, but, yeah, you can check me out there. I'm into that. Yeah, that's awesome. Midnightpals.simplecast.com. Or you can just go midnightpals.com. That's where all that stuff is. Brian, where can they find you? Oh, well, folks want to send me a death threat or the Daniel Pearl video, you can find me on... <laughs> Various social media platforms on the internet. Uh, uh, I shot Guy Debord. That's I S H O T G U Y D B O R D. That's on Threads, Twitter. Threads, really? Yeah, Threads. Uh, I, 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 I see more people. I see more and more people using Threads now. It's weird, <sighs> but mostly it's just like people being bitter and like like uh, look at me. I'm so creative, mm. which is I, I think is behavior that would get you run out on a rail on Twitter. Yeah, um, try that on a forum. Yeah, I feel I feel like threads is where people can really do some some really unhinged navel gazing. Some MySpace era shit. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> sorry, but yeah. So threads, blue sky. If you want to check out my photography portfolio, it's assholemusicphotography.com. You want to check out some photos with words, it's amusicphotography.com. If you want to check out the last good and the only media website in St. Louis, it's the Arts STL. Good movie reviews, like I mentioned last time. It's a little slow right now. It's a slow time of year for this sort of stuff. Hopefully, we'll uh, have some things in the future. Do you have anything coming up for the arts? Uh, Zed's dead. Okay. Hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll get that covered. Fucking A. Tomorrow, D and I are celebrating our one-year anniversary, which is crazy to think about. Congratulations. Crazy girls, crazy mixed Crazy kids, kids, I know. So, we're going to go check out the hip-hop thing at the art museum. Anyways. Yes, uh, you can find the show, 48minutesdogsbarking.com. Shoot us an email, jason at 48minutesdogsbarking.com. Brian with a Y at 48minutesofdogsbarking.com. Give us a call, 314-246-9766. That's 314-AHOY-POO. And you can also support the show, patreon.com slash 48minutesofdogs. Well, this is the part of the show where we tell you namaste and good luck. Eat the knife. Eat the knife.